Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jiggy Jaguar radio program continues. Oh, yay. <laughs> Technical issues abound. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. It is the big broadcast. We are live coast to coast, border to border on iHeartRadio today. Also, amfm247.com. You can also find us each and every day over there at JiggyJaguar.com as well. So, we are going to go to our next guest. They are going to join us live here on our big broadcast. And uh, lots of things happening, as they say. I don't know who's saying it. I don't know why they're saying it, but they are indeed saying it. We have got all sorts of people... um, Jumping off the good foot and doing the bad thing, as they say. And um, lots of things happening. Uh, You know, my microphone is adjusted and in a well-perfect spot. Look at that. If you're watching us on video, that's a beautiful thing right there. Um, If you're not watching us on video... Go find us on Clout Hub, Rumble, on Facebook, of course, YouTube, and BitChute. Yes, BitChute as well. And uh, we are going to go call our next guest on the old Skip Skype, the old Skype Rooney. Just because I think it would be a better connection. And I'm terribly lazy. <laughs> I can't even reach across and dial the phone. So, we're going to go to our next guest. He is going to join us Hello? here on our big broadcast. I think we have our next guest with us. Troy, welcome to the broadcast. How are you, sir? Ah, oh, great. Uh, great to be on your show. So Troy Anderson is with us today. He is amazing. He has got uh, a book that he's co-authored called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. And uh, Troy joins us here on the telephone. So Mr. Anderson, tell me a little bit about this incredible book. This This is an amazing, amazing read. Yeah, uh, James. So this is the the second book that we've uh, uh, Colonel uh, David Giamone and I have wrote. The first one is called The Military Guide to Armageddon. Yes. And the way the way the way this came about was uh, in early 2018. The colonel got a hold of me out of the blue. He had written a book at the time called The Making of a Warrior, looking for help in, in getting this book uh, edited and published. And I just remember thinking when he when he called me that uh, if America and the world will listen to anybody about the dangers we're facing. They'll listen to a retired Army chaplain and colonel because he's, there's all these polls that show about 70 80% of the Americans highly respect the military. So I, I helped him write the Military Guide to Armageddon uh, to prepare people for the end times. And then uh, when it came to the second book, it's like, what, what is the, the biggest thing we're facing today? It's this massive deception. I mean, unprecedented, unparalleled levels of deception in the world. So we wrote this book to help people uh, with biblical wisdom about how to navigate all the, the propaganda, the disinformation, the psyops, you name it, that we're uh, being bombarded with today. So this book, incredibly well written. Take me through the writing process uh, that you guys went through to bring this to life. Yeah, so the the process we went through is we... You know, the colonel took his his several decades in the military as a, as a chaplain, which is like a pastor in the army, 
And then, you know, I've been a journalist for, for several decades, and so sort of combined our skill sets together and, and knowledge of the Bible. So what does the Bible say about uh, how you navigate deception? Uh, what's the importance of understanding the truth? And it turns out the Bible is full of information about the importance of understanding the truth and the you know the Bible is mainly focused on helping us understand the truth. You know, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me." And so, there's much wisdom in the Bible about how you uh, you can you know navigate, understand what 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 is a lie, what is the truth. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about massive spiritual warfare that's going on in the background. How the the angels, the fallen angels, the demons are organized in a military structure of a hierarchy, and their job is to deceive us. When when uh, Jesus' disciples asked him, uh, what, what will be the signs of your return of the last days? The first thing he says is, watch out that no one deceives you. And so there's a lot the Bible has to say about uh, how you can navigate this and be successful, be victorious in this, this great spiritual battle that we're all in, engaged in. We have got a great guest with us today. The book is The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. And we have got one of the authors with us today. The fantastic Troy Anderson joins us here on the telephone. So what do you want readers to take away from your writing of this great book? So, so, so just think about what's happened in the last couple of years. We've had this this pandemic, uh, this this change in the you know, the political structure of the world, you know, the, the World Economic Forum announced the Great Reset. And, uh, all, and uh, on every level, we see this, the elite pushing us into this new global system. And, uh, you know, of course, the, you know, the Bible predicts at some point there will be some kind of one world government, uh, a system under the Antichrist. They'll have this mark of the beast. There's all this stuff in the book. Revelation talks about all this. And, you know, over the last you know, a dozen years. I've interviewed hundreds of experts in every field you can possibly imagine. Uh, Billy Graham was one of the people I interviewed. He said that that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. And so we we wrote this book to help people navigate this time. You know, to learn how to walk in the supernatural power, protection, and provision of the Holy Spirit. So no matter what happens, you'll you'll be assured that the Lord will take you through this time and and bring you to heaven. We have got a great guest with us today. Uh, he joins us live here on our big broadcast. Troy Anderson is with us. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception is the latest from him, and he joins us today here on our big broadcast. So what's been uh, some of the reactions, uh, advanced reviews, and any feedback on the book so far? Yeah, th- this is the most amazing thing. Is that The book has, you know doesn't come out until August 9th. And it's already become a number one bestseller, number one hot new release on on Amazon, and so we're just getting uh, you know great reactions to the book, uh, all kinds of you know uh, interest with uh, different media outlets, and so we're we're very encouraged that uh, that uh, you know this book is going to help people you know go go through this this tr- you know tumultuous time in history that we're experiencing now. So uh, we're, we're we're greatly encouraged. We have got Troy Anderson with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, a brand new book, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. And uh, so talk to me a little bit about the cover art for the book. That 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 is very uh interesting. Yeah, so we uh you know, they have, they have these, these fantastic artists. So uh, on the cover you have this this drone plane. And then you have this like uh, this image of this guy. He's, in, he's got a hood. It's like the uh, reminiscent of the, of the anonymous figure, and all these these digital numbers. You know, so of course, you know, a lot of the deception that's going on today is going on in you know with artificial intelligence and computers and internet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, the surveillance state. And then at the bottom, you have the Trojan horse, and you have these soldiers walking along a uh, a big fence like, you know, maybe some kind of camp or detention center. And, of course, the Trojan horse is the ultimate symbol of deception. You know, as you, as you recall, in, in the story of the uh, ancient Troy, they, they snuck in, the, you know, hidden inside the Trojan horse, and whenever he was partying and having a good time, they broke out and then conquered the city. And so that that's, you know, so symbolic of what's happening today in America. For, for decades, you know, we've been under attack. You know, militaries around the world, China, Russia, uh, the deep state have used all kinds of psychological operations on us, what the military commonly uses, and they've largely, uh, uh, you know, there's been to a certain extent they've taken away a lot of our freedoms and, and liberties. And so this this is a book to teach you how to how to join God's army, how to sort of fight back here and 
and uh, in, in, a, in a spiritual sense and and uh, be victorious uh, warriors in, in God's uh, last day's army. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. And Troy Anderson, one of the great authors uh, on this book, is joining us here on the telephone. So once this book uh, comes out, what, what, what are you guys expecting to do next? Since, since this is the uh, second book in the series, is there going to be any more books? Yeah, we're we're actually right, working on a, a fictional set of books to, that sort of parallels the, these nonfiction books, uh, and and we're also uh, uh, beginning to work on the third book in the series. In addition, we have uh, what's called Battle Ready Ministries, and so we speak at churches and conferences around the country, help people get uh, you know get ready for the end times, uh, get ready for the Lord's return, and uh, and so uh, yeah yeah we're just, we're just, uh, quite quite a, quite a few things that we're doing. We have quite quite a team on the battery board. We have a major general, three colonels, several pastors, a filmmaker, and and uh, assistant to the director of uh, movie movie guide. Fantastic. We have got a great guest with us today. Troy Anderson is with us. He joins us live talking about the military guide to disarming deception, and he joins us today here on our big broadcast. So, how do we get the book and get in touch with what you're doing and and everything else, my friend? So, so people could go to battle-ready.org. Uh, that's the Battle Ready Ministries website. Uh, my website's troyanderson.us, and Colonel Giamona's uh, davidjgiamona.com. And, of course, you know, the book is available pretty much anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, Books A Million, you, you name it. Uh, you can pretty much find it anywhere. Fantastic. Well, Troy, thanks for doing this, my friend. I look forward to uh, chatting with you soon, and uh, good luck with the book, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thank you much. Appreciate it. There he goes. That is Troy Anderson. He joins us today here on our big program, and uh, you join us each and every day over there at JiggyJaguar.com. So, before we get to our break here, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners over there at Transmedia Worldwide. We're helping out folks each and every day here on our big program, and we have got a brand new, absolutely amazing GoFundMe that we want to talk to you about. This is absolutely amazing. They have no money at the moment, but they are seeking assistance of people, and they have got some incredible things that they are trying to do. They are trying to fund their studies. Let's tell you a little bit about this incredible campaign here. These folks are absolutely, absolutely amazing. Let's look at it right now. It's Help for Studies. Prabath Ishrana Wanarukla. Hunter Dingy is organizing this campaign. He's an international student. He's eager to develop more. He's got education expenses, and your support means a lot to him. After he graduates, he hopes to help someone like him in the future. Remember, your donation can change his life. He needs your help. Go over and check out this incredible new GoFundMe campaign. We will have the link on our website, and we're also going to be putting it out on our social media as well. Help for studies. Go over to G-O-F-U-N-D-M-E dot C-O-M. Search Help for Studies. It is absolutely amazing, and we need you to go help him out today and tell him you heard about it here. Transmedia. We are back live here on our big broadcast, and we have got Sandra Lee with us. Sandra, welcome back to the program. How are you, my friend? Sandra, can you hear us, my friend? Yes, I can. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good, actually. So, uh, what do you have for us today, my friend? 
Well, you know, I've been watching Donald Trump today. He's he's one of my darling, best-loved people in the world. And I'm writing my third book, Dear Donald, A Rainbow in a Winter Sky. And it's a hot summer, James, but it feels like winter in my heart. My heart is cold. My sense of a bright future is cold. But when I listen to Donald Trump speak today, I, I watched him for over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, earlier in the day, I did a lot of note-taking, listened to a lot of news, did a lot of thinking, and I wrote a page for my third book. first book is Dear Donald, Letters from a Loving Deplorable, and that's what my books are, I write in letters. And the second book was Dear Donald, Four More Years, and you know, he won. He won the uh, election. And he says it on his speeches on TV. He knows he won, and he's fighting all the corruption, the voter corruption. And the, can you imagine the tenacity of this man to keep fighting for this country? He's going to run again, and he's going to win. He's absolutely going to win. But I wrote a Dear Donald page today, actually a little more than a page, and it's called Return to Me. I'm going to share it with you. Dear Donald, I love classic ballads. One of my favorites is a song called Return to Me, which was recorded in 1958 by Dean Martin. Dean Martin croons a longing, wishful plea to a lost love to return to him, to come back, to start over. I can relate, since you, Donald, have left the White House my dear, dear Donald, I've been lost, devastated, worried sick, dumbfounded. You didn't abandon me. You were kidnapped and snatched away by a sick and dishonest election. You were attacked by a fraudulent vote and a vicious media lie. They covered up that whole Hunter Biden story in the media and on any of the social media. No one had the courage or the strength to stand up to the swamp in this country, but you, the dishonest career politicians who sold out to China, to greed, to lust for power, rather than upholding the American dream of truth and justice and freedom. No one had the courage to stand up. You were the only one willing to take the bad guys on. Dick Morris recently released a book called The Return. I shouldn't be promoting Dick Morris's book, but I can't help. <laughs> I'd rather promote my own book because they're lovely. But, you know, I can't write books because I don't <laughs> that is awesome. every other book on the planet written about Donald Trump. But, but Dick said some interesting things. He said, you know, he's the author of many political bestsellers. He's written about both the Democrats and the Republicans. He claims that in 2018, God spared him Dick Morris, the author, from a lethal attack of cancer, and that his miraculous healing, which allowed him to celebrate being a cancer survivor, made him want to use his talent, his writing talent and speaking talent, he has a show on, uh, on Newsmax, to do what he could to save the world. He saw the voter fraud and media manipulation. With senile Biden at the helm, he saw the outrageous rise in crime in Democrat cities. He saw that with you, Donald, out of the White House, we had inflation, rising gas prices, a border that was out of control, huge amounts of fentanyl being smuggled into the country and killing our population, but particularly our youth. He saw the humiliating and incompetently organized exodus from Afghanistan. He saw the billions lost in that fiasco. And then that, followed by Biden's constant weakness around the world, Russia pounced on that weakness and went after dominance of Ukraine. And now China is a breath away from pouncing on Taiwan because Biden is so weak and so in bed with China that we're not going to protect Taiwan. Donald's crime is now hugely up in Democratic cities in Chicago. Crime has stretched to the affluent neighborhoods. Theft there is up 100%. The train lines are not safe there or in New York City. Police are scarce, 
And any officer who is caught and arrested is almost immediately, uh, any offender who is caught and, and arrested is almost immediately let go with bail. I'm getting so upset, James, I can hardly talk. There is an abundance of crime committed by offenders who are very young, eight years old to 19 years old. Donald, we need you desperately to return and to heal the country. Nancy Pelosi has used her influence to assist her husband in making fortunes in the stock market. Our government is corrupt. Senator Grassley, I like this guy, accused the feds of burying dirt on Hunter Biden during the election. And you, Donald, said it in your speech in Washington today that crime is out of control. Homeless are overwhelming the streets. There is no respect for law and order. And you say, you say, Donald, I, I saw him on your speech today, it has to stop, and it has to stop now. Crime is up 37%. Can we possibly heal this nation? With you, Donald, we can. I don't think we can without you. You say that our police are our heroes, and we need to honor them. Yes, there are a few bad cops, but most of our cops save us, and we need to bring them back with honor and appreciation, and we need to restore their power. You, Donald, want the death penalty for drug dealers. Oof, ouch. That sounds pretty harsh. Well, guess what? China has it, and plenty of other countries have it. I was in, I was in the Middle East, and they had um, the assassinations of drug dealers on television. That's how mad they were about it. They don't have drug problems if they don't want them. And it is, it sounds terribly harsh, but China has it, and they have no drug problems. They send all their drugs to America, and they smile while they watch our young people murdered by these drugs by the millions. And that's the reason I wrote Return to Me. I want Donald to return, to return as president, as world leader, and he's our only hope at saving America. We so have, what do you think, James? Uh, well, I'll tell you, you you uh, you hit it on the head, my friend. So uh, so, how do we get your books, my friend? At any bookstore, at Barnes and Noble, you can get it that way, and I hope you get it. Well, uh, Sandra, bring us up to speed on your TV stuff. I know at one point you were looking to do a TV show. You know, I, I have not put that together yet, but um, I think when Donald's in office, I will have that done. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I will talk to you next week. Have yourself a uh, wonderful and then I'm week. I'll put you on my show. That would be fantastic. I would do TV. That It'd would be, be amazing. Fun. That would be amazing, my friend. Well, I will talk to you next week. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, honey. Have have a good week. There she goes. That is Sandra Lee. She joins us this week here on our big program, and you can join us each and every week over there at JiggyJagwire.com. That is J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com, and... Uh, Lots of things happening, which usually means that there's not a lot of things happening. But uh, we have our videos uploaded to Rumble. We also have them over on BitChute as well, whatever the hell a BitChute is. And uh, <laughs> you can get in touch with us on our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast each and every day over there at JiggyJaguar.com. Lots of things happening, and we will indeedly do. See you next time. Jaguar Radio Show. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast and border to border on iHeartRadio today and also AMFM247.com. Tune in iTunes, and you can find us each and every day over there at JiggyJaguar.com. And uh, we are going to do this. I am, <laughs> yeah, I've got to hit my limit on this. So let's do this. Let's go to our next guest. She is going to join us here 
on our big program, and uh, we are going to call our next guest, and um, she will be with us. Parissa, I believe is how you pronounce the woman's name. And uh, we will go to her, hopefully. Parissa, how are you, my friend? Thanks for coming on the big broadcast. Hi, good. How about you? Pretty good, actually. Pretty good, actually. Talk to us a little bit about your background, my friend. You have a great, great background. Tell me all about it. Yeah, I'm a biomedical engineer. I'm an engineer. I'm proud of that. And I like uh, outdoors. I like being outdoors. I like the environment and nature. And I care a lot about it. Uh, I do rock climbing. I take my kids on hiking. So, uh, yeah, I love uh, awards. And I care about it a lot. Fantastic. Fantastic. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins <laughs> us here on our big program, talking a little bit about our latest project. So, um, how do we get your your latest project, my friend? Tell us all about it. Uh, yeah, our my latest project is uh, on Watch and Vips. Uh, I'm trying to uh, make products that don't have water, unnecessary water in them, so make them easier to ship, easier to package, get rid of plastic. Um, so the latest product is uh, the tablet. For glass cleaner, its name is Pit Stop. You can find it there. And uh, basically, the goal is not sending water to customers, not sending water over seats, and um, reduce the plastic and reduce the amount of uh, fuel that is used for shipping. And maybe we can help the environment get rid of these uh, carbon emissions and all the unnecessary plastic. Fantastic. So, how did you come about all of this? So, uh, honestly, I cared about uh, our environment. I was doing a lot of research on how I can do some uh, something to change how we are uh, making products and having our impact on the environment. And I was looking into the areas that were not touched so much, and I came to the conclusion that shipping is actually one of the major reasons that we are um, having a lot of carbon emissions. It's actually... Have a big goal about like four percent of our carbon emissions are coming from the shipping. Uh, and I was thinking about how can I reduce the amount of shipping that we're doing, and I was thinking about okay, maybe we make things smaller. Uh, why are sending water to customers? Like why they're shipping water? They can they have access to water. They can add it to their product. And that there are a lot of things around us if you think about it, like. All the cleaners, all some pool, like a lot of things around you have water in them that you could like simply add it uh, at your home. Uh, and I started with these glass cleaners, uh, simplest thing. I'm looking forward to make more products that are dehydrated. And you can also come up with ideas. Like you, you can dehydrate a lot of things and make things uh, smaller, packaging it smaller, no plastic. And uh, hopefully, we can help the nature. Fantastic. So, how did you? Uh, what, what, what's been the uh, feedback on all this? T -t Talk to me about all the various things going on with all this. So far, everybody's so excited. Like, imagine that you go to uh, Costco and buy those uh, big bottles of glass cleaners, and it's heavy. You have to carry it home. You have to find a space in your cabinet. You can't find anywhere to put them. And then it's so much space and everybody loves this idea. It's just a small tablet, and you can reuse your bottle. You don't need to keep buying bottles of water with the glass cleaner. And it's so simple. You can use it, and you don't need to worry about the space that it's going to take in your cabinet, and everybody so far loves it. Fantastic. So what's been uh, some of the challenges with all this? So the challenge is the formula on how you can dehydrate things and still keep the quality the same and make it them like for example the cleaner to clean it the same at the same level. Uh, the variations of like customers how they add water to the tablet. You have to uh, do a good uh, instruction and training of how much water to add because now you are relying on the customers uh, to the math and uh, make the product that they like. So. Those are the challenges. So because you expand this water product, you have to be very careful that all the instructions are clear, 
uh, customers are aware of how they have to add the water, how to mix it, how much to add it. Uh, so these are some of the challenges that we're facing right now. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast. So um, how did you come up with all this? So again, like just think about how much uh, containers and products that you have your, in your home or even in the car industry that have unnecessary amount of water. You're shipping these heavy uh, boxes and bottles full of water that is not really necessary to be there. And just, I just started thinking about how can I remove the water from all of these products. And I started with this glass cleaner that it's so simple. Everybody has at their home. They use it for cleaning the car, cleaning glasses everywhere. And it's so common and it has uh, so much uh, unnecessary water in it. And I came up with this idea that let's, let's remove it and see how it works. And that's the beginning of it. And we can expand it to many other things and many other products. Fantastic. Well, how do we get more information on the web? Uh, you can go on the website, uh, www.washandwhip.com, and the product is Pit Stop, and you can find all of our products there. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you making time. Thanks for coming on and chatting with us. My pleasure. Have a great day. There she goes, and we are going to take a time out be back with more. I just don't know the Constitution very well. You hit that on the head, my friend. <laughs> IQL Rizzoli, I want to start with you. Um, what kind of questions here do you have for uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood? Well, first, I wish him the best because at least it's a refresh to have somebody who is on the right side of politics, not the left side of politics. Congratulations. So where will you be? What do you want to be elected for? Yeah, so our campaign is for governor of the state of Oklahoma. Good luck to you. I deserve you deserve it. Thank you very much. So, your platform. What about immigration? What about law enforcement? What about restitution to so-called black people? What are your points of view there? Well, first of all, let's talk about the immigration issue. Um, That immigration issue is out of control right now. We have no security at the borders and in our state of oklahoma right now there's 300,000 acres of land purchased and owned by the chinese communist party now how that ties with immigration is very unique because there's a unique partnership that happens when you have two entities that want to destroy the same enemy together from different means chinese communist party buying up land that could really sort of deal with the food supply issues right And then you have the drug cartels passing across the border, literally unimpeded, and they are bombarding this country with this drug called fentanyl. And so the Chinese Communist Party on the land creates a wonderful distribution network for the cartel. And now you have this, I kind of call it a match made in hell. Um, Probably a month and a half ago, there was a interdiction stop in the state of Oklahoma that intercepted 11 kilos of fentanyl. 11 kilos, for those that are listening, would be able to kill 4.5 million people. And that is shocking, to say the least. So when we talk about immigration, to kind of round up the lengthy answer, the idea in my assessment, this would probably have to be done from a federal level, but from a state level, you've got to secure the state borders. That's number one. The states under the 10th Amendment are really these sovereign entities that can operate independently if they choose to from the federal government. From a national level, it would be wisdom to put a moratorium on the immigration status right now. Stop it where it is and develop a plan to determine who is here. Sorry, but uh, the word immigration, with all your respect, is wrong. You have an invasion. Okay, say that question one more time, please. Sorry, I said you you don't have immigration problem. You have an invasion problem. <laughs> this is yeah, yes. no, you're right. It is an invasion. No. It's it's so, uh, it's silly because I mean I look at this. We're sending money and arms to Ukraine. Again, we can agree with that or not, but it's irrelevant when we're talking about sending aid over there and telling them to fight for their borders 
with guns that we're sending them. And over here, we've opened the borders and try and take guns away from people. <laughs> it's the exact opposite there, Dr. Mark. Yeah, but it's a very valid point because I said before in my interview on, the, on James' platform also, why spend $56 billion to Ukraine 5,000 miles away and you don't have $5 billion to close the border, uh, southern border? I mean, it's insane. The whole thing is insane. And you're yeah. right. The sovereign states, each one of them should deal with it separately. Each one. Forget about the federal government because it's a failure. You have a failed federal government. I don't care how you want to spin it. You have a failed system. Yeah, we do. And um, to that end, this is very important to catch. Um, the uh, story I tell people to understand the relationship between the states and the federal government is much like a parent-child. Um, we have given the federal government parental authorities over the state, but that's not the Constitution. The Constitution basically created the Tenth Amendment and other amendments, for say, to give the people in the states authority over this federal government, except for these limited powers, which are 18 deep, described in Article 1, Section 8. The fascinating thing is the states should have been acting like the parent all along, with the federal government being the child. But instead, what we did as a state, we kind of just acquiesced our responsibility, transferred it to the child. It's like giving a child a Maserati with keys and an unlimited credit card and expecting them to behave themselves. They, they don't have the maturity to do that. The federal government is never equipped to, you know, feed and clothe and uh, finance Americans. Americans need to work and earn it. That's the American dream. And my, 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 how far we've transgressed from the original intent of this country. Dan, it's your show now. Go on. Yes, Dan, <laughs> jump in there, baby. Well, um, I, I have to give you a little full disclosure here, Jim. Uh, the doctor and I have already done an interview extensively. <laughs> I've, I've also provided him some advice and counsel on running his campaign. I don't know how it's working, but uh, uh, so I, I know the doctor. I, I believe in what he's trying to do. Um, how's the campaign going, doctor? Yeah, actually, you know, and I, I want to touch base. I don't want to like burst anybody's bubble, but, uh, you know, it's kind of being delicate with my words. Uh, our campaign continues, but the campaign recently ended. Um, and in other words, we had our primary election. We did not win, but the movement that we started is winning. It's continuing awesome. to gain momentum, and I continue to get out there um, probably even more right now because they don't see the people as threats anymore. But <laughs> I have news for them. The people are the threats, and getting the people back to where their voices are elevated creates the dynamic of freedom, which is the opposite of tyranny. And so I like to define tyranny like when the people fear the government. On the other hand, freedom is when the government fills the people. So we've definitely got to get that back and raise our voices in one loud unison, and that will cause freedom to ring once again across these United States. Even though you didn't win, are you comfortable with the person who is going to represent the conservative movement in, in Oklahoma? I'm not. Um, it's, it's sad because um, as I learned firsthand, and this is very good for the listeners to kind of catch, um, when you go attack full on the belly of the beast, you know, I went into it with no fear, still have no fear. It's not the way I'm made up. It's just yeah. fine. You know, I sometimes feel like David going out there with about five rocks, but <laughs> it's all good. There's more than that. There's a whole bunch of people out there. That's awesome. You know, we end up getting um, just an amazing amount of support, groundswell, and it continues this day. But um, you learn that the ma majority of the Republican Party, and again, I don't know everybody, can't claim I know everybody, but there's really not a conservative out there anymore. I call them pseudo-conservatives. They, they sort of wear this conservative hat and sort of say they believe in God and say they really represent people, but they say what they need to say to get elected. And it's really a kind of a popularity and a money contest. It's not about true leadership anymore. And I learned that head on, and it was, a, uh, you know, both somewhat surprising, somewhat not surprising, um, you know, lesson. 
But I will tell you, we have got to make a concerted effort as the American people to vote out politicians and vote in statesmen and stateswomen. That's the key right there. And if we will continue to push, press, prod along, we're going to get there eventually. Doctor, let me ask you a question about about the campaign process in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, what was what was the biggest surprise that you saw that you didn't see coming, and that just overwhelmed you? Um, probably twofold. Uh, number one, this is I'll call this one A. Um, I learned that the Republican Party in my state, the establishment part of the Republican Party, which is dense and deep and ingrained and embedded, I learned that they don't want anybody to come in and rain on their parade. They don't want any outsiders to come in. They don't want anybody to question them. They don't want people to come in and say, hey, and I used to carry around, and I did over 250 times in one hand a constitution and then the other hand I carried around the GOP platform stance of my state and I would ask simple questions off that thing well, why don't you do this when this says you're supposed to do this why why aren't you honoring your own document and why are you lying to people you know <laughs> simple fantastic. questions right and and they were good but they didn't like that and so you know I was surprised at the number and the pushback of people that I'm just trying to hold accountable. Um, the second thing I learned, and this is a strategy that's happening all around the country, and this is fascinating. What they'll do is they'll use what's called a dummy candidate, that if you're gaining momentum from a grassroots standpoint, they will pluck someone out of the establishment and they'll, they'll come with a platform that looks like yours, but it's establishment money, and they'll put them in there probably you know, six, eight, 10, 12 weeks before the end of the campaign, and they'll fund it from dark money, again, untrackable dark money, and they'll, they'll build in a commercial. The person doesn't campaign or anything. They just throw out a TV commercial on behalf, and it sort of takes votes away from the grassroots candidate because it brings confusion, you know? And so they do that to create a diversion, a dummy candidate, if you will, diversion candidate, to sort of detract from the momentum, giving thereby the establishment, usually rhino incumbent, a distinct advantage in the last days. That's a, a, a pattern, and you're right, all, all across the country. The Democrats are funding the straw man uh, to dilute the effect of the stronger, potentially stronger Republican candidate. Right. Do, you expect, do you expect that to continue uh, in the in the midterm election, that 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 process are they going to run independents to to try and dilute votes? I believe they will, and I think they'll even do it within the same party. So you may have um, a very strong, true conservative Republican candidate, um, and they they can throw an independent out there. I think even the Democrats understand that too. So you know it's going to be a unique strategy, and um, I will say this too: we've we've got to be very careful. Um, and I learned this, this is probably a third thing. You didn't ask, you asked for two, but this is very interesting to that, that line. Um, the, the concept of endorsements, you know, what does that mean? It really, if you get the right endorsements, it just means money. We've got to be careful about just following endorsements. If somebody endorses somebody, that doesn't mean that that's the best candidate. It means that the person endorsed them for a reason. Maybe it's about patting their own quote-unquote winning record. Maybe it's because they did a favor. Maybe it's a backdoor money arrangement. Maybe it's a gentleman's agreement or non-gentleman's agreement, of, you know, uh, handshake below the table kind of thing. But we really got to research the candidate. Look at their website, contact them, ask them questions. They need to be public about their answers, not dodgy, not wishy-washy, but direct. And, you know, vet them out personally don't just trust somebody's opinion. And that means an educated voter is going to be a voter that votes with good information, which leads to the right people eventually being elected, hopefully, if we can get the election straight now. So um, do, you, do you suspect that there's going to be significant fraud in this election? The fraud is there always now because of the electronic nature and the absentee ballots 
processes. Any electronics can be um, bypassed, hacked, adjusted, however. And I think that's a general rule across the, across the country, across anything. Even this computer I'm on right now could be hacked, right? We all know that. So I think that's a problem we need to get rectified. When I was traveling around the state and around the country for that matter, I would always ask the question of the group, um, how many would help count, you know, and volunteer to count? And I probably would get 80, 90% of the crowd, I'm helping count. How many would even, um, if you're a pastor out here, would you, would you host maybe a, a, a place, a polling place? Yes, and hands would go up. I don't know why we can't go back and get the voter rolls purged, right, get them accurate again, uh, go back to paper ballots, at least get the thing straightened out one time. And the second part of that answer is the absentee ballots. I do suspect, and this is where I think the, the, the opportunity for the um, uh, potential fraud would be the highest. With the perpetual news of some other disease virus coming out, in this case monkeypox now being a, sort of a global um, warning for people, um, I think the, the absentee ballots, the excuses for absentee ballots, can perpetuate um, a, a great potential for, for cheating because you don't know where they're coming from. You don't know who they're mailed to. And, and by the way, dead people can't vote. It's better if we just show up with an ID to vote. And it ought to be hard, very, very difficult to do an absentee ballots absent military service. Of course. So would you run again? Wow, that's a good question. I, I, I don't, you know, I can't say no and I can't say yes. Um, I don't know, you know. I mean, um, I was really, and I don't want people to think I'm spiritually weird or anything. This is truly what I am. Um, you know, I, I sense that God wanted us to um, say yes to the call and just be obedient and it really wasn't about winning or losing at that moment in time. It was about, nobody likes to lose anything, you know, but it was about, are you willing to say yes? And saying yes means you're going to stick your backside out there where people are going to be able to attack you. And, and do you trust me enough to protect you in that and develop you as a man, in my case, to have a thicker skin and more passion? And, and my wife and I, talked about, prayed about that, and we answered yes to the call, not knowing what was going to happen. And, you know, we didn't know anything, man. We didn't know, come here from Sikkim, as we like to say sometime in the South. We had no idea. But we learned a lot, and we became um, really good at the Constitution. We became really good at the GOP. We became really good at discernment of characters out there that were, like, nefarious in nature. Um you know, if God said yes, man, I'm in. I'm a stronger person for it, and I love this country, and I love people, and um, and I love standing for righteousness against um, people that are being bullied. And in my opinion, I think the American people are being bullied. So I've made a habit in my life of standing in the gap for people, and I, I can't see a reason why I wouldn't do that. So, Mark, let me go back to the beginning of this conversation. And you mentioned that 300,000 acres of land have been sold to the Chinese. Why? The marijuana business in Oklahoma is huge, billions of dollars. What happens is now marijuana permits in Oklahoma are four times greater than that in the state of California. We think California's got a marijuana distribution problem. But right here, there are loopholes that allow entities that are of foreign nature to own this land under the auspices of legalized marijuana sales. Now, having said that, what we observe, and I've talked to many deputy sheriffs, many sheriffs, many law enforcement officers, is what we're observing now in the state of Oklahoma is multiple instances of increased sex trafficking, drugs trafficking, and weapons trafficking. And when you see these people at these farms that obviously don't speak English and are paying massive cash prices at an inflated value from hurting farmers, you can see why it's happening. But I think the reason for it is we, as the state and the, the elected officials, 
have been absolutely clouded and shown an incredible blindness. We've been clouded by money and we've shown an incredible blindness in foresight because money becomes the great miss the great love or the great king or the great leader and so i think that's why it's happening and that's how it's happening so the uh are they using are they growing on these three hundred thousand acres marijuana yes they're growing it and it's under the auspices of legalized marijuana and here uh legalized marijuana is supposed to be for like pain treatment you know but right now pretty much anyone can go down and say hey I, I hurt my wrist i've got chronic pain and get a marijuana card it's super easy you can do it online and it's not hard at all and it's easy to get and now you've got this chronic problem of marijuana usage and now fentanyl incursion and so i see recipe for disaster written all over this so the the three hundred thousand acres was it farmland before Yes, it was farmland, and obviously when the farmers uh, have taken a hit over the years, and you go in there and you offer them twice the cash value in cash, that becomes quite an enticing um, treat for the farmer to get out of that. So the the 300,000 acres, that, that sounds like a lot of acreage, must produce more marijuana than what the people of of Oklahoma need to to use. Exactly. And so is it being shipped over out of out of the country and other parts of the country? What's happening well, to the capacity? Yeah, no, it's being shipped and and moved around. The problem is there's there's two prongs. And to put this into comparison, um, three hundred thousand acres of land purchased as my last recent, which was about two months ago, last time I looked at it, was more land purchased per capita in any state comparatively. And there's over 40 million acres purchased across the, the United States. But certainly the law enforcement uh, community, which I have good insight being former law enforcement, um, the uh, pushing the marijuana outside of Oklahoma being this um, this dealing process going on is happening along with the open borders. So now you have the ability to move this around the, the U.S. And so certainly it's being exported. So the but but currently under federal statute, interstate commerce of marijuana is illegal. Yes, there you go. But it's but it's you're saying it's being shipped out of Oklahoma. Yes, and and. Let me uh, let me try and clarify a point. You you specifically talked about the three hundred thousand acres that the Chinese acquired, but do you have any idea how many hundreds of thousands of acres are being cultivated in the state of Oklahoma marijuana? Um, I, I don't know of the three hundred thousand that's not being cultivated, but I do know uh, from talking to the people involved in the. Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Association, OMMA, as well as law enforcement, the intent upon purchase is to cultivate, and there's not much now that is purchased and not cultivated, but I don't have the exact numbers. So do you believe there are more than 300,000 acres under cultivation for marijuana in the state of Oklahoma? I think so, because you go to the southeast part of the state, and I know this from dating back 35 years ago, um, that area of the state has always been sort of this marijuana cultivation hub. So I think we've got this 300,000 that's sort of documented, but I think we probably got more that's undocumented, inclusive of southeastern Oklahoma. It's kind of always been that way. Um, if we could go to fentanyl for just a moment, I know we're almost out of time, but um, what's been happening there, there appears to be a significant increase in the consumption and death on fentanyl in 2022, greater than the record that was set in 2021 of 107,000 people. What's happening in Oklahoma? Same. Uh, you know, people are becoming, and I think it ties back to the last couple of years where uh, we've had a lot of um, increased loneliness, isolation. Uh, hopelessness, depression, loss, lack, uh, financial calamity. Um, you even saw uh, back in June, I believe, of 2020, a 
national back order of Zoloft. So with one in four Americans being on antidepressants, I think people are looking for ways to sort of turn off the noise, turn off the pain. And fentanyl is, is a way that people do that. And um, I, I see that if we don't get our hands on this and get it regulated with the rogue fentanyl coming across the borders, um, unfortunately, we're going to see more people die. Doctor, I'm seeing more and more evidence on the fentanyl that's coming across, that it's going deeper and deeper into the public school system, down into elementary school. Yeah, that's true, um, because it's easy to get it small, it's easy to hide. And in today's world, and we all know this, I mean, the school systems, I mean, the lack of discipline, the lack of control in the students these days is, is probably at an all-time high anything I've seen. And so, you know, right now, education, the whole system is confused, to say the least. That's probably a soft term for it. Um, and it's not education. It's become indoctrination. Different topic, different subject, different show. But the idea behind it is the kids, if they're not understanding the value of life, they don't understand the value of their own life. And therein lies a problem of internal pain. Hence, the want, the need, the desire to check out. And so I do see that drugs in general, inclusive and focusing on fentanyl, are going to be a thing that are going to continue to infiltrate the schools and infiltrate the lives of, of uh, most American communities. Thank you. So before we let everybody go, let's start with IQ Al Rizzoli. IQ, talk to us about the show today. What did you think? And uh, how, would, how do we get your books? The show is fantastic, but the prognosis is very, very sad. Really. What's happening in America is not only sad, it's beyond sad. Yeah. I wish you the best, but it's an uphill struggle. And they will try their best to subvert this election in 2022. The Democrats will definitely try to steal it again. 100%. I don't say I think. The word I think I never use because there is doubt. I have no doubt. They will steal it again. Good luck to you. So, and uh, thanks. so Dr. Mark Sherwood, how do we get in touch with you online? And uh, what's next for you, my friend? Yeah, um, we're going to keep pushing out there. You can still find us at the website, Sherwood2022.com. You can also find us at Sherwood.tv and uh, we're still out there a lot. We are, are spreading the message of hope and, uh, you know, for the world. And we'll continue to keep that going. We're just trying to continue to wake up the patriots. Fantastic. So, Dan Perkins, bring us up to speed on all your projects. Well, I'm, I'm proud to announce that we um, entered into an agreement with nine state veterans organizations to uh, use songs and stories for soldiers for their veterans who are suffering from traumatic brain injury, PTSD, super sleep deprivation, and suicide prevention. We're excited about that. We literally, I got a note today that we started shipping to those states today. And uh, uh, there's still a lot out there that need, need our help. We keep banging on doors and see what we can do. Um, Black and White, the network now has about 13 shows on the network. And um, around, if things go well, around August 1st, we will potentially be in 185 countries around the world. That's awesome. Broadcasting That's our, our show. Uh, I had Roger Stone yesterday. Um, and uh, I, I have a quick story. Uh, I think we've got a, just a, a minute, but yes, the doctor yes. might, might be interested in this. Um I read a story recently about a town in Florida where I live, the state, where um, this is something, Jim, that's not been talked about because we focused on the schools. But the public library has a children's sections and the children's librarian put out this massive display of books on gender and pronouns and a woman came in with her small child and saw this display on the table of all these books and was outraged so she went to the principal of the school and said well there's a process 
uh, you have to file a complaint in order to have a book removed from the library. And um, in Florida, I don't know about the rest of the country, but in Florida, the libraries are independent of the schools. They're separate boards. So she was not satisfied with that. And she got 100 people to sign a letter to the library board about what was going on. And then they went to the meeting. The first time that any human being other than a board member went to the library board meeting. And the board was surprised as the understatement that these all these people were showing up at this meeting. And they said, well, we'll take it under advisement. And and the, the woman said on behalf of her, her cohorts, that's not good enough. So you know what they did? They went to the library and checked out all of the books. <laughs> they took them out of the library. And <laughs> the books awesome. aren't there. So it's, it's an example of how we as people can take control of the education of our children and what's going in there, especially if we don't want it. But what's important, Jim, is that there's another distribution system that I hadn't thought about, and that was that the public libraries are supporting what's going on in the public schools. Absolutely amazing. Well, uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood, thanks for joining us today, my friend Dan Perkins. Thanks for joining us, IQ as well, and uh, we will talk to everybody soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thanks, it. Bye-bye. Bye. There they go, and uh, there we go. And uh, that will wrap it up here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.